Hello and welcome to another Back of the Grid, where this week we are here to review the British Grand Prix. I am Tom, your host this week, and I'm joined by Chris. Hi, everyone. And Stu. Hello. Yeah. So, lots of eventful bits and pieces from the race. A look into predictions results. Um, Obviously, the classic WTF moment and more. And lastly, we'll round out with some inbox. But let's just kick off with race because i am desperate to talk about mclaren i don't know about you two but <laughs> that is <laughs> this is my bit now we need, <laughs> i want to talk about this we need some sort of fanboy klaxon for <laughs> this episode for when mclaren fanboyism happens because i've got a feeling it's going to happen quite a lot yeah. we get accused quite a lot of being mercedes fanboys and always a bit like eh, like up to a point but not really but on this occasion yeah like i'm not going to pretend we're yeah. not all mclaren fans yeah i mean <laughs> if you if anyone listening or watching this thinks that we're mercedes fanboys go back and listen to maybe like the 2017 2018 seasons and see I'm how bored to big of fanboys we are there yeah i don't <laughs> I mean, yeah our brand colors are red bull colored so <laughs> there's a reason for that i mean as people watching can see, I am sat in a Red Bull hat. You are, it's a good one as well. I, like that one. I mean, I can, I can barely tell today because the stream quality is not what it could be, but... Fair. <laughs> mind, that's, You'll that's see it in the edit. Mind. It's fine. You'll see it in the edit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... so right, like, let's I, kick into it. Yeah, let's talk McLaren. Let's do it. For context on the kind of turnaround they've got, Miami was five races ago and they finished 17th and 19th. And that was just... They were there on pace. And now they're second and fourth. Probably should have been second and third. And yes, there's caveats to it. This track very much suited their car and probably didn't suit some of their rivals. And we'll talk about at least one of them later on. But even so, like the upgrade, they've they've said from the start of the season, like the car's not where we want it to be. We've got a big upgrade package planned. You can... I mean, Andreas Stellas said it's verging on what you'd call a B-spec car, essentially. And this is kind of, I think this is part two of three in terms of the big upgrade. And man, it's done the business. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, where where do you even start? It's it's hectic, isn't it? Um, I think, I mean, look, I'm going to say right now, I pointed this out last week. You did. At the end of the result last week of that race, I said, you wait until both of them have got it. Perez mm-hmm. is going to have some problems between himself and Verstappen. And lo and behold, you finish the race, there's what, we finished six, there's four cars between him and Verstappen. And it's actually less than I said. I said maybe six, but I think that other, other circuits, you know, that I can totally see that coming true. Aston Martin had a bit of an off weekend. And mm-hmm. if they get back on the ball, say Hungary, uh, spa then yeah Perez is gonna have some serious work to do if he can't get his qualifying sorted out but we're not talking about Perez we're talking about McLaren and McLaren are just doing I mean what a job what a, Mercedes must be looking at that upgrade thinking if only we'd managed that <laughs> yeah because yeah. I mean Mercedes yeah. bought a new front wing this weekend and basically said it's not done what we wanted to do whereas mm. McLaren I think McLaren off the top of my head they had new floor edges, um, new side pod inlets, side pod top surfaces, diffuser, beam wing, um, and then Norris had a new front wing that Piastri hasn't got yet. 
Um, so, you know, in a budget cap era, that's putting a lot of eggs into one upgrade basket. And yeah, I've very much pulled it off. Absolutely. Um, and it's great to see. It's like, it's good to see someone else up there in that everyone except Max Verstappen fight, essentially, which is what we've got this season. Yeah. I mean, they weren't at times too far off, which I found quite promising as well. Like, do obviously, yes, the Red Bull, especially Max's hand, is definitely still faster, but they weren't too far off overall. Like, Lando kept him in touching distance. And, and I mean, come on, he... He got the jump on him at the start and legitimately held him off for what was it, five laps or something? Like there was a point yeah, where DRS, it, yeah. It, yeah, basically it showed the the thing that we've seen all season, which is like how powerful the Red Bulls DRS is that without it, the McLaren can stay in touching distance or lead it. And once the DRS came into effect, it was it wasn't even it wasn't like a done deal for max like he still had to fight for it but it was inevitable um like it it took him yeah. a couple of laps to to get it done because lando was was quick in a straight line i mean you've only got to look at um how it played out for lewis chasing him towards the end of the race like i yeah. genuinely thought that putting the hard tires on lando norris's car had doomed him being able to finish in that podium position i but admittedly once he'd got him up to temperature lewis couldn't stick with him like yes fair enough it was the the performance through the high speed corners of exactly of the mclaren as well was just yeah you know those high you know cops maggots beckett's through to the hangar straight um that I heard Hamilton say at the end of the race in the cool down room that it was just a pleasure to watch the car ahead of him with such <laughs> yeah. grip go through there. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, you know, compounding that, it does it does appear to have quite good straight line speed. So when you're in a car chasing that and you're losing downforce because even these cars do lose downforce when chasing another car, so you're already at a disadvantage. You yeah. kind of you would need a bit of a you know, you would need a straight line speed advantage on top of your DRS, I think, to to get around a car down the hangar straight at this circuit. And um, yeah, unfortunately for for Lewis, that it didn't he didn't have that, so he wasn't able to get himself up into second place. But he just got to enjoy the show of uh, <laughs> of Lando yeah. steaming away. That I mean, fight I think at the end as well was like something else lando's defensive driving yeah. in those first couple laps after the yeah. um, safety car was so good like such good car positioning i mean i think what really helped them is the fact that because they were fast in the high speed and the straights it it gave them enough of a buffer before hitting the drs zones like the the speed that he will have been carrying through like out of luffield all the way around to like maggots and beckett's and then before you get the DRS zone down, hang a straight, and then kind of the same thing through like Abbey and Farm going into the the inner loop before you've again got the DRS zones down Wellington straight. It was like enabling him to like eke out just enough that fair enough Lewis was at times close enough to get DRS, but was so far back that he couldn't like quite make anything out of it. And he just really showed how good that McLaren upgrade has been for for the for this kind of circuit, like long straights yeah. and high speed cornering. 
I'd be very interested to see how it fares at something twistier now, like a little bit more tricky, a little bit more intricate. Well, you're out of the way very say, long. Yeah, I, I feel like Hungary is going to be a bit of a reality check, I think. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm, well, no, I don't know. Not necessarily. I think if... I'm going to say it. If 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 they're quick there, they'll be quick everywhere. Mm. And I really do think that. If 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 McLaren can have a decent race in Hungary, then that does stand them in really really good stead for the rest of the season. They'll, oh, for they sure. Could yeah. potentially be even the you know the second quickest car for the remainder of the season because a lot of people have already brought a lot of their upgrade package. Like with this talk of Mercedes jacking in this car and and putting everything into next season now so if that Mm. happens and if if Aston don't have much left to bring to the table Ferrari just don't tend to do very well (laughs) at the moment in (laughs) Formula One so I can really can see McLaren if they are quick if they are second best to Red Bull at, at Hungary that could remain the case for the whole season whole remainder of the season I I'll be surprised if McLaren are faster than Aston Martin or Hungary. I'd be I surprised, think... but I wouldn't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I think in, in every way this track suited McLaren, it didn't suit Aston Martin. And I think Hungary is probably going to be the reverse of that. But again, there's likely to be more upgrade. Well, we know McLaren have got more upgrades to come. I don't really know where Aston Martin are on their upgrade path, but... Um... Yeah, and then Mercedes have got one smallish upgrade coming at the moment before they. It sounds like they're going to switch focus to twenty twenty four. Although you know there there is learning to be had still from these these cars leading into next year. You know, there's oh yeah, there's not really much of a rule change aerodynamically and uh, constructor wise for the cars into not next year. So the the rules. Right now, are remaining largely the same, unless they think of something, some way of slowing Red Bull down. Maybe but <laughs> I really can't see that happening. So, no. Hopefully, like I mean, the the real hope is that everyone, for having two seasons to figure out where they're slow, why they're slow, what's going on with their cars aerodynamically and and key suspension wise. Let's I mean all this talk of aerodynamics and underfloors. It's goes hand in hand with suspension. I've said this from the start of this formula. Yeah. And it's so important now still even. Like I think that's why Mercedes are slow is because their their rear suspension is just not set up for for this package of, of aerodynamics. Um mm. but that's you know that again that's by the by. Um yeah the, the the hope is that everyone sort of gets in gear and figures out their cars, the whole the whole package for next year. And we have imagine if it's as close as this next year, but Red Bull have been reeled in. Yeah, like that exactly. is just the most hectic Formula One season since probably two thousand and I think two thousand and ten or two thousand eleven was it when yeah yeah the opening like ten races had ten different winners because you can't behind Verstappen. It's so hard to call the running order at the moment. Oh, like yeah. changes race by race and yeah if only there wasn't someone in front of the rest of them every week it would be like an all-time classic season i mean the really interesting bit of that though is that what shows you how competitive it is behind them is the fact of where perez is finishing week in week out like i mean what he's not been in q3 for like five races now is it six races it's, something like that I think yeah it's been a long old time like 
I mean, yeah, fair enough. He got a podium in Austria, but like, it's it's a far calling from where he was at the start of the season, going tit for tat with Max and Fernando just kind of following them round. Like, it's a, it's a very different scenario now that um, teams like Ferrari seem to have got on top of what's going on. McLaren clearly have an upgrade that's working for them. Um, yeah, it's like Aston are kind of... I mean, even Mercedes as well, like, they're not where they want to be, but they're still definitely better off. Um, uh, you've only got to look at the constructor standings for that. <laughs> like, they're, yeah. they're ahead of Aston Martin, and I think if you told them after the first race or so, that that's where they were going to be. I don't think they'd have believed you at this point. I know I wouldn't have yeah, believed would, it if you'd have said that. I would say that's definitely more, more, excuse me, more of a result of their driver lineup than it is of their car. <laughs> true. Very much so. Very true. Yeah, it's not always reflective of the car itself in its entirety, no. but um, still something to be said for it, I think. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I think you're right. I think everyone's improving. Everyone is slowly eating into that huge gap that Red Bull have got. I don't think Red Bull are going to need to do much more development, even though you know they'll be looking at how they can improve things, obviously. But there's yeah. only so much they can do this season, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. The hope is, like I say, the hope is that everyone catches up. That that they are steadily making inroads. So yeah, let's wait and see what happens for the remainder of the season because you, you don't, they're so close that when you do get a situation like this at Silverstone where the track isn't necessarily playing ball, the track temperatures played a big factor, I think, in a lot of the um, a lot of the running this weekend. It was really varied, so no one really had yeah. a proper handle on how, how the race was going to pan out. And um, when there's that level of uncertainty in the air and all the cars are as close as they are around this particular circuit, then it does lead to, you know, all kind of mixed up grids. And I think as well for these cars, for this particular generation of Formula One car on the whole, Silverstone isn't a particularly difficult circuit for a Formula One car to get around because it's all yeah. very, very high speed. And a lot of the high speed corners are, you know, where all of the cars work their best. It's in the low speed, you know, all, all of the all of the lap time around Silverstone these days is in the low speed, Luffield, yeah, or, you know all the Mickey Mouse sections of the track. Really. Yeah, I mean you only have to and look it's at also. Uh, oh, go on. I say the, the other place that the lap time comes from is the straights, which is yeah. why your much less draggy cars have such a good time here. Yeah. Whereas the likes of an Aston Martin, which has all season been very good at the slow stuff, and that's where it found its lap time, was kind of floundering a little bit here. So it's a yeah, it's a really interesting kind of microcosm of what makes an F1 car in this era a fast one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I was just going to add to that was that you only had to look at, um, they did a who's fastest where comparison between Verstappen and somebody else at some point, and like literally of the bits where it was him, it was just the the sort of tight, fiddly bits, and yeah. everywhere else the other car was faster. I can't remember who they were comparing him to. I think it was Alonso at one point during quali, but I might be wrong. At one point I, in quali, it was Albon they were comparing him to, which was... Yeah, there was that as well. There was an Albon rapid. comparison. Yeah. The, and the and again, it, it was... Did, well, I mean, they looked good, didn't they? I, I don't know if we're ready to jump to Williams just yet. Let's not. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's save that. A, co a couple of little extra bits of McLaren, I guess, before we move on. Yeah. Um, 
first home podium for them since 2010, which funnily enough was also a race they were running a chrome livery. They seem mm. to have finally broken the special livery curse that's been there for years. Um, they also scored more points this race than they have the whole season previously, mm. which is ridiculous in and of itself. Um, moves them up above Alpine in the uh, constructors now into fifth place. Um, I mean, if McLaren could finish fifth this year after the start they had, that would be huge. A heck of a turn. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about the car a lot. We've got to say as well, both drivers just did an unbelievable job as well. Um, yeah, they're both excellent. I mean, yeah. Norris put in the sort of drive we've come to expect from him. We've seen him put in this kind of drive before. Piastri as well, though, was just, just didn't put a wheel wrong. Like, Guy in his rookie season, this is the closest he's ever been even to a sniff of a podium. And I mean, if, if not the safety car, he would have been there. Like, yeah. such a good drive from Piastri. Yeah, for, for, for his rookie season as well. Like, you can't yeah. can't complain with that at all. I mean, he's qualifying as well. Like, he was third on the grid yeah. in qualifying. So yeah, with a well, less developed I mean, car as well. What about qualifying, man? Like that oh, moment was unbelievable. The moment where <laughs> where uh, where Norris crossed the line and he's and he's and he's top dog. You know, he's pole position, <laughs> yeah. and for about eighteen seconds, the whole of Silverstone was just absolutely losing <laughs> its mind. And then Verstappen crossed the line and it just goes silent. And he did it all in the last sector as well. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. His whole lap up to them was a bit middling. And then last sector, it was like, nah, actually, yeah. I think I'll have that pole position from you. <laughs> and it was, but it was only two temps as well. That's the other yeah. thing. I mean, that's yeah. the really crazy thing is like the, the, the gaps that he's had, some of the gaps he's had in pole position. I mean, to be fair, they've not been much more than like five temps, but still, like, to be getting down to two temps, you can just show, it just shows you that everyone is kind of chipping away at them on single lap pace yeah. but it is really it's the race pace where they've they've got everyone licked so yeah it's kind of irrelevant i mean i guess to move on to red bull i think i think it's fair to say that this is probably the slowest they've been all season relative to the field like max was complaining about the balance of the car quite a lot and he wasn't happy on the uh tires towards the end but the fact that a red bull being the slowest it's been all season can still win a race by several seconds speaks volumes to the car they've got this year. Um, yeah, I think it pulled out like nine seconds by the time the safety car had come out. Yeah, so it yeah, there thereabouts. Yeah, and a- after um, the restart, it, I mean, obviously Norris was defending from Hamilton, so it's a it's a little bit skewed yeah. because of that. But it took him like a lap and a half to build a two second gap and be safe from any kind of threat that Norris yeah. could have posed. But yeah, but when, I, when that's the car behind by is in, the defending. Yeah, I mean that that was a huge battle those two were having. They were yeah. probably losing like half a tenth per corner at, at times, like with their with their battle that, I think, that they had going on. So I think that's the main thing McLaren probably lost out by having him on the hard is that had he been on the same compound at the same time as. Verstappen and Hamilton he could have potentially been the one attacking Verstappen after the safety car restart rather than purely defending from Hamilton I, I don't know it's, it's all ifs buts and maybes but I think that there's there's an element of like yeah. his mentality instantly when I have to defend now because I'm on a two yeah. times harder compound than the guy yeah. behind me and I've got to keep him behind me until I can switch these on after like two or three laps yeah. 
it was a bit of a shame because the yeah he couldn't he couldn't have taken the medium tire because obviously he was coming off the medium tire after yeah. two different kinds of tire. If he'd been able to take the medium tire, I think he might have had a chance at pushing Verstappen into using up his tires. Yeah, but because Verstappen wasn't happy on that soft tire, that he he pulled away quite quickly. Obviously, he had to push really hard to begin with, but then he was overheating the tire and he had to manage his pace for the entire remainder of the, the race. He was managing his pace at that point. Yeah. So if he'd had to push that tire, he would have, you know, he would have had graining, would have had all kinds of issues. He would have been losing grip. And it is unfortunate that Norris was essentially in a position where he couldn't, he couldn't be on the optimum tire for his car. He had to be on the hard yeah. tire because if he'd gone onto the soft tire, he would have probably had worse graining and worse overheating than Verstappen would. So yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting because all the different car, it shows you how all the different car there's convergence happening because all yeah. the different cars have different suitabilities to the different tires, and that's something that Pirelli have been working really hard to design into the tire in the first place. They want different cars to be optimized for different compounds, and we're seeing that play out. We're seeing the Mercedes able to be really really kind to its tires and and you know make a soft set last for a long long time. We're seeing, um, you know, you've seen Ferraris munch through every kind of tire that whatever tire you put on it, I suppose. Um, but we're seeing McLarens kind of like in the middle somewhere that you know they're optimized for like the middle compound usually, and then yeah, everyone's got different sort of thresholds that they can work within yeah. within the different tires, and it's, it leads yeah. to interesting scenarios on track. At one point. During this race, every single tire compound available to the to the drivers was being used. There was a soft, a medium, and a hard on the tire, and that's what you want to see. Yep. That's why they have all these different yeah. compounds. So it's it's a good it's a good thing. Because um because it looked like Hamilton took way too much out of his last set of softs trying to pass Lando because after a few laps he just faded and ended up like three seconds yeah. back by the flag. Yeah, exactly. Um, which just it goes to a... show how on a knife edge those soft runners were at the end. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a preservation at that point of he's got too much pace to be need to make sure I keep pace in the tire to defend from yeah. Piastri because he was he would have been breathing down Hamilton's neck if given the opportunity. Oh, for sure. Um, we should note that that is Red Bull's uh, 11th victory in a row. That equals McLaren's record, which goes back to 1985, I believe it is. That record has stood since. Um, yeah. So that will be broken in a couple of weeks' MP44 time. MP44. Then again, Hungary. Who knows with Hungary? A lot of weird stuff happens there. Yeah, Hungary could be an Aston Martin circuit. It could be a Mercedes circuit. Like Hamilton is yeah. very, very, very good around Hungary historically. He's yeah, always he's got been a great record. Though. Really good around there. So you know, the driver could be an element. We don't know what the weather's going to do yet because when it rains there, it it rains. As we as we all bowling. know, the three of us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we sort of already touched on Perez a little bit. Um, obviously a bit of another qualifying disaster started 15th um, his problem this week seems to come from the fact that during the red flag in qualifying he left his garage super early then just sat at the end of the pit lane with everything going cold for literally several yeah. minutes while everyone else just sat and waited and literally several minutes it really <laughs> actually was um, like was that a him choice was that a team choice? Because Verstappen didn't do that. Verstappen no, I think sat in his garage. I think, so I think they sent him out before the red flag had actually come out. 
and then he got caught they? out. Yeah, and I think he got caught out at the end of the pit lane. Yeah, Surely and then they could have pushed him back. Though. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, why, why aren't they push, Why aren't they running down that pit lane to get him back and push him back? But maybe I know. Maybe there's some new rule that they've or directive that they've come up with that none of us know about that stops them from doing that. Maybe. Or maybe they just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the latter. Yeah, also possible. Mm. Um, I don't want to linger on Perez too long because I feel like we've been talking about him a lot the last few weeks. Like, <laughs> any further thoughts on Perez before we move on? Um, I will. I can. Well, there is one statistic that he and Albon are tied head to head on qualifying performances at the moment. There you go. Goes back to what we were saying last week. Five each, five five. The Red Bull wish they still had Albon on their books. Hmm. It's it's mad when you're comparing that from a car that's middle of the pack to the car that is leading the championship dominantly. It's quite something, isn't exactly. it, as a comparison? It really is. Mid, like lower middle of the pack as well. Not even like. Yeah. Maybe not anymore after what we've well, seen. Well, maybe not. But we'll get to well, that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Rui's done a bit of Mercedes, but I feel like Mercedes just complained their way to a podium this weekend. Like <laughs> they just seemed really unhappy with everything all weekend, and then got a podium. Um, I mean, they they weren't far from in qualifying, and they seem to have better race pace than Ferrari. Um, Hamilton obviously got lucky with the safety car, which is where the podium came from. Yeah, very lucky. I think well, Russell probably. For me, Russell was the better of the Mercedes drivers in that race. Russell was putting in such a good race. Like, he took those... He was one of the only front runners that started on softs, and he took he was 28 the, laps. He was like, the only car to start on softs. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. he'd bought himself into podium contention at that point. Like, he was going to end up being... Yeah. Could have been interesting to him and Piastri, but yeah, the safety car kind of ruined it for him a yeah. little bit. So Mercedes, they split their strategy, didn't they? They, um, I think they knew that they were going to be good on that tyre. Um, I don't think they realised they were going to be that good on that tyre, but they, <laughs> no. they knew that yeah. they were going to be able to make it last, I think, from what they gathered on Friday. Um, the track temperature was a lot lower on Sunday than it was on Friday. I think Friday was like 45 degrees, and by Sunday it was down to like 25, 30 degrees kind of thing. So there was the tyres were always going to last a lot longer anyway. But yeah, to that extent, I don't think. I think even Mercedes were a bit surprised at how. I mean, I couldn't believe yeah. how far he went on the on that set of tires. And then by the time you get to, so they're hedging their bets, right? They've got one car on the on on the soft, and then the the car number one, number two, whatever, you know, the car that's further back is on the medium tire. So that, and it's precisely for the reason of you know, there's a ninety percent chance of a safety car at Silverstone. Yeah. Yeah, and they're factoring that into their strategy for the race. So they're thinking, right, we'll put him on the mediums, we'll go as long as we can, which they did. And if a safety car comes out, that'll be our opportunity to make up some places. And it just it it did work really, really well for them. It was a strategic decision that they made, and it was the right one. It was a gamble, and it paid off. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, moving on. Yeah. Yep. Quick word on Aston Martin. Again, as we said, try didn't really suit them. Alonso managed to hold off Albon on the Ferraris for seventh place in the end. Stroll just had a the sort of day from Stroll that we saw a lot of in previous years. He just seemed to be always involved with something somewhere, didn't he? It was a messy um, yeah. one, wasn't it, for Stroll? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, so I think there were one or two issues um, Stroll had with Gasly. Gasly um, was that, livid. That we absolutely so I mean, I mean, Gasly, I, I don't think he had that much business being as livid as he was because I think the first one, yes, you know, they did give, strangely, they gave Stroll a penalty for leaving the track. Um, but he got, he yeah, he got a black and white flag. Clearly, he got a black and white flag for being pushed. But he didn't off have track. to give the position back. Yeah, it was, said, it was it weird. Was no investigation, no investigation for leaving the track and gaining an advantage, but yeah. a warning for track limits. Like, yeah. how can yeah. both I of think, those things? Be I think true? the warning. I don't know for sure, but I think the only way that that can be the case is if he's left the track elsewhere at a different point. No, it was the same corner. Was it the same incident? It was for the same thing. I mean, that's just stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he was put, I mean, he was clearly pushed off. He was pushed off track by Gasly. Yeah. Yeah, You just can't deny that. Like, it was very, very clear. There was no room for him to get, Gasly was like on the white line with his left wheels. Yeah. So there's no way, there was nothing Stroll could have done. And Stroll absolutely, that was his corner. It was fair enough. Yeah. It was well along, more than enough. Like, in fact, he got to the apex before Gasly did. Um, it didn't outbreak himself. It was well with it. You could see he was well within control of the car, and yeah. he just got forced off the track. Um, and then, obviously, it came to blows a little bit further around, a couple of laps later, where um, I, I guess Stroll went off again, expecting to be pushed wide again, and came back on track and clumsily sort of porpoised into um into Gasly's It was an unsafe rejoin really wasn't it he he drove yeah. back onto the track in a place where there was already a car yeah. <laughs> ultimately but i think it you know I, I do think a lot of it is a i would be more inclined to put it down as racing incident because i think Gasly you know didn't cover himself in glory through any of this skirmish that the two of them no. had and I, I do think that when you look at when you look at the way, you know, Gasly knew where Stroll was. He could have left more room for Stroll to come back onto the track. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind that he could have done that. He could have left a car's bit. He knows that car's coming back onto track, so why not? It, and he's kind of like off the racing line as well. He sort of goes over and touches the curb and then doesn't seem to move over to the left to widen the corner for the next right. So, yeah, I feel like he he kind of like, was trying almost trying to stop it. I would I wouldn't go quite as this far, but he was almost putting his car in a position to maybe make it difficult for Stroll to get back onto the circuit. Yeah, no, no one came out of either incident looking great. Ultimately, no, <laughs> it was yeah. pretty poor standards from both of them. I would say. Yeah, and yeah. it ended a pretty horrible weekend for Alpine, where they were like seventh fastest at best all weekend. Ocon mm-hmm. retired with a hydraulic leak, and then, yeah, Gasly from that incident later on. Um, as we said, drops Alpine a place behind McLaren now to sixth place. That could be very costly <laughs> for Alpine, yeah. with that result. They need yeah. to uh, turn things around a bit there. Uh, Ferrari. <laughs> so, after what feels like a few weeks of saying Ferrari actually seeming to look better and the pace being there, and at a track where they traditionally have done pretty well in recent years they managed to turn fourth and fifth on the grid into ninth and tenth at the end navigated their way to yeah as martin brundle said leclerc stopped uh to switch from mediums to softs earlier than anyone on softs pitted then he went back to mediums again under safety car and just didn't really 
have any pace on the new tyres and do a very good job of overtaking people. So it's worth remembering that Ferrari lost a whole session of running for Leclerc for um, for an electrical issue. So there is that to factor into this. Um, I f- but I still think, even though even though that was the case, they just were they didn't they once again they failed to read an unusual evolving situation. I think that you know the, yeah. the, the situation with the the circuit the the track temperature always meant that the tires were going to last a lot longer than they thought they were going to do, and they just seemed it's like, it's like they were working to a two stop with yeah at, at a time when it was becoming quite obvious that this was going to be a one-stop race and yeah they just they, they failed to react to that and I think that's what's led them to where they've ended up to be honest they they, they were too slow in the uptake when it came to reading reading the, the, the situation with the tyres because I mean science... they, they mucked up both races with the stops in reality didn't they yeah yeah signs had switched from mediums to hards before the safety car and then we heard that conversation when the safety car came out when they were like, do you want to pit again? And Sainz was like, well, I don't have the information I need to make that decision. And they kind of waffled at him a bit. And in the end, he was like, just you tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just I'll do whatever it you was, think. You could hear the frustration in that, though, because he was like, mm. he, he said, well, you know, who am I fighting and what tyres are they on? And the response was just like, uh, there's Norris and there's Piastri. <laughs> And there's Hamilton, and he's like, they they all yeah. have some tires. <laughs> Where are, are they? And what tires are they on? <laughs> like, yeah, we are checking. It was yeah. just, and I mean, he was. It was, was Ferrari's strategy of old. Wasn't yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, of old, just Ferrari's strategy, just in general, isn't it? That's yeah, quite but old, you mean uh, late, lately, ago. yeah, lately they'd started to look like, oh, have they finally got a grip? grasp on this like have the Le Mans team worn off on them but obviously not. <laughs> yeah that's what they should do they should just send the entire strategy department off to do some Le Mans races yeah that take a long time those those are very strategic races like there are a lot of pit stops <laughs> there's a lot of refueling there's a lot of tire management there's a lot of all these like strategic elements that you need to take into account during those kind of races arguably more than a Formula One team although you have to make these decisions at a much faster pace when you're a Formula One team. So maybe that's why yeah. it suits them. Maybe like the slow decision making process at McLaren is perfectly suited for world yeah. endurance racing. McLaren? You mean Ferrari? <laughs> uh, Ferrari, sorry. Oops, excuse me. <laughs> Did How you, dare um, you slander McLaren? So. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Did you see what happened to uh, Ferrari's WEC team after their victory this weekend, by the way? After their oh, Le Mans no. victory? Did- Oh, oh, I know had, they got hit with huge balance of power. They got balance of power they? really hard, and then the next race was their home race at Monza, which they promptly yeah. did not win. Yeah, they lost. Toyota won, didn't they? Yeah. Anyway, side note. Um, should we move on to Williams? <laughs> yeah. The second, yeah. the second team this week to break the uh, the special livery curse. Um, mm. And what a livery, actually. I'd like, I really like, I think that's the best a Williams has looked in years, to be honest. Yeah, it looked really, it's really good. It's not hard, though, to yeah. be fair. And all the graphics around it. <laughs> on on the reveal, all of the graphics that they did look really, really nice. Really yeah. Well. I've, I've, I've a lot of time for that livery. I think, why not lean into sort of the, the, the heritage <laughs> of how old the team is and, yeah. and where it's from? I think it's really, really cool. They're, um, yeah, they're keeping it, it again for the next race because 
this this was going to be their big anniversary race and then Imola got cancelled. So their big anniversary is now actually in Hungary. So they've just decided to run into both. Um, and then they're also running a golf liv- livery in Singapore. There was like a fan vote yeah. on which one to have. But it was They've very obvious like from day one which three. was going to win. It was the classic the golf traditional livery. golf one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, yes. There's three races that they're using it, I think. There's Singapore, Japan, and somewhere else that's in that flyaway section. Oh, actually, yeah, the flyaways. Uh, yeah, Qatar, I don't know, somewhere like that. Probably. I forgot the order of them all and when, when it officially starts, <laughs> but it's it's out there. Very cool. Um, third successive Q3 appearance for Albon. Third, uh, second points finish in three races for him. Um, it's Can I just say one more time that that ties him with Perez? I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> wild, isn't more. it? Absolutely wild. Um, it's their best home result since 2015, which was the Bottas, Massa, Martini, Liverid era. Um, they're up to seventh uh, yes. in the constructors now, ahead of Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Terry, all behind Williams now. Um, Things looking good at Williams, man. Like, they're turning it around. Like, James yeah. Vowles is really, really doing... I mean, uh, some of the articles I've read about that team recently, about how, you know, some of the processes they've got in place for building the car, they're still basically using paperwork. They don't have, like, digital tracking to yeah. to go with the components of all the cars. And these systems obviously cost millions sometimes to to put into place. And they're they're literally doing it all using like manual spreadsheets and and you know really really basic rudimental tools for tracking orders like custom custom like a CRM like a customer yeah. relationship manager like it's, but it's a parts relationship manager it's really really basic. Like, the the more you hear about what it's like there, the more amazing what they're managing to do at all. That was like, yeah. yeah, you've taken the words out of my mouth. Like it amazes me that they've managed to you know think of how many thousands of components go into building a Formula One car. Each one of these new components has to be tracked at every stage in their development and manufacture, production, shipping process. Process. And they, I mean, it amazes me that I've even managed to build a Formula One car in the first place without having <laughs> these tools in place. So, yeah, the fact that James Valls has gone to that team now and has all of this experience that he's got at, at Mercedes, at championship, with multiple championship winning team, and seeing the processes they have in place and bringing all that to Williams. I think that team have the potential to, once they've got all these things in place, they've obviously got the brains for it. It's just a case of making it easier for them to apply their knowledge and taking away these obstacles that they've got in place of being good. That's what it is right now, I think. For yeah. There's just so many obstacles in their way of being good that they can't, that they're, they're not using their time effectively. And it feels like now James is in there, they might finally be be cracking, you know, being a Formula One team, yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're doing things much more effectively. The decision making is, is faster. The the process, the tracking of, of 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 the design and build of all the parts is obviously going to get quicker and quicker and quicker as they develop their systems to, to to facilitate that. And yeah, I think I really truly think it's starting to show already. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they've got a driver that will do the absolute maximum it seems with what he's mm. given like Albon is driving yeah. so well this year um just like in especially in that last phase of the race when like obviously there's a tire difference but he was just in there like 
mixing it with Alonso and the Ferraris and like overtaking a Ferrari at one point. Like it was yeah. so much fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, really Le- legitimately yeah. there as well, like not by chance or yeah. through like weird strategy decisions or any like dead legitimately on merit, yeah. which was dis- that was the best bit of all of that. Discounting Ferrari's weird strategy decisions, of course. <laughs> I suppose, but yeah. for the most part, they were there. They were in the position they were on merit. Who they were fighting was oh, slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. through through the uh, doings of the other teams, but. I agree with you that they're they're totally there on merit because they're doing a better job than the people that they're overtaking. That's clear. And I think, you know, when here's the thing. Here's the crazy, crazy, crazy thing. When you think of the money that, and I've said this about Ferrari so many times of the years we've been recording this podcast, but you think of the money that goes into that Ferrari team and the technology they have compared to what I've just described at Williams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How on earth... Is this happening to Ferrari? It's just, it's it's, it's a scandal. It's inexcusable, isn't it? That they. It is. I agree. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, another solid weekend for Sargent as well. Um, another Q two yeah. appearance. Um, finished eleventh, just shy of the points, which is unfortunate for him. Um, I think Sargent's really coming on. He had a, he didn't have the best start to his F one career, but these last few races, he is the gap to Albon is coming down gradually, and he is. He's not making the sort of silly mistakes in races that we're seeing from the sort of the debris that even like more experienced heads like Strolls and Gasly's of this world. If you look at the shenanigans they got up to and Sargent just kind yeah. of got on with it. I was pretty impressed yeah. with him. He's quietly easing into a decent season, actually. Isn't it a bit like, but actually it's not fair to Piastri. I think Piastri's quietly having a very good rookie season yeah. as well. Um, yeah. It's taken... Silverstone for us to properly really <laughs> yeah. notice it, but he has been actually quietly getting on with it and doing a very good job. Um, and yeah, I think the same can now, we can now begin to start saying the same about um, Sergeant. I think he's doing, he's doing, he's doing decent. It's what you want though. Like that was um, Mick Schumacher's biggest enemy is that he was always doing things that put him in the spotlight. Whereas Sergeant is just kind yeah. of quietly yeah. getting on with it and not really being noticed that much in your rookie season is probably for the best <laughs> for the most <laughs> part. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're like a Hamilton whose rookie season is a championship fight, but that's uh, that's a rarity. <laughs> um is there anyone else that you want to talk about in particular before we move on and do awards? Uh don't think we did have you done Alpine? We sort of talked about Alpine kind of done it already among talking yeah. about other ones. Um yeah. Um yes. obviously has had another disaster. Alpha Terry would know where the usual story. <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon we work out who driver of the day yeah, is. I think I think we've covered it. More I think we've covered all the stuff that I've... All right then. Yeah, I think so. Should we do a driver of the day? Let's any I'm nominations. For a jingle and there isn't a jingle. Is there? There's not a jingle for no. driver of the day, no. There's there is no a jingle. There is a massive delay for Tom, so this is very difficult to um, drive of the day feels both like there's lots and lots of candidates you could pick this week, but also I'm finding it very easy to narrow it down to one person. I don't know where you guys are at with it. Um, I'm going to go Russell. Uh, Norris, sorry, Norris. <laughs> Norris. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Norris brain, is the I told choice. you at the top of the show, my brain's not going as well today as it has been, so... <laughs> 
Um, Apologies. <laughs> Did you say Norris as well, Tom? I mean, that was going to be my um, my suggestion. I mean, it has yeah. To be. I, any other race, it would be, but for me, I was more impressed with Piastri this week. Given how close he was, how close he was to Norris with one less upgrade how close mm. he came to a debut podium. Did literally didn't put a wheel wrong all weekend. Um, I was super impressed with him. So we're saying it's but Norris with an honourable men, yeah, with an honourable yeah. mention for uh, Piastri. That's fine. I can be, I can be okay with that. <laughs> um, move of the day. Move of this the day. one for me is easy peasy. It's Norris round there outside of Leclerc at Lovefield. So good. Outrageous. So good. Is. It was Russell, wasn't it? You've done it again. Did I say Norris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Russell. She's got Russell yeah, around yeah. the outside. It's just because I'm I got like no no sleep last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> just imagine if they were in the same team. This would be absolute chaos. Oh my god, it'd be disaster. Yeah, so let's oh, just let's chance. just carry on. Let's not let's not devote too much time to this. Um, Russell around the outside of Leclerc at Luffield. Yes, please. it was so damn good. Um, yeah, I think honorable mention. I want to give to. Um, the first time Perez tried to pass signs and signs like four back past him uh, through cops was very, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we, there's no point laying in the sport. It's absolutely Russell for that one. hundred percent. And then last award, there's a lot of nominations for, and we do have a jingle mm. for this Honestly, one. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Some of these you're going to have to describe to me because I, <laughs> I haven't seen all of these. All right, did you see the national anthem? No, I didn't see that. Tell me. Tell me what happened. Um, everyone's favourite actor, Damien Lewis, singing with a saxophone accompaniment. It was abysmal and just strange. Oh, wow. Of all the musicians in the world, why they... You know, we'll go for an actor this time. Like, <laughs> You know, it's crazy. They <laughs> had like the, the, the Eurovision guy at the circuit as a guest as well. Didn't he, he do it last, last year, year, though? He did do it last year. Do you know what? He did a great job. Just let him do it again. Yeah, just let him do it again. Just permanent. He can do all our Eurovisions yeah. <laughs> as well, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought Leclerc had some pretty ropey defence against Russell in the opening um, section of the race. And the fact that yeah. that didn't even get looked at was a bit... Yeah, but they'll give Stroll a penalty for being pushed off track. Not yeah. a black and white flag. But also not a penalty yeah. at the same time. Yeah, strange. Um, which is one of the nominations, is the fact that that... Because he's even possible. Um, <laughs> I thought Signs not knowing what plan B was was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think he point. did, but I just think he's just exa- so exasperated. It seems. Yeah. Like, Remind me what plan B is, I, I've stopped caring. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> Um, and yeah, just all the Stroll Gasly business, I guess, as well. Yeah, I've got one. Um, one of the presenters repeatedly called Cops Corner Stowe. <laughs> Great. It kept, you watch the highlights. One of the one of the presenters keeps calling it the wrong corner. Unless I've just again, unless my brain hasn't been working properly today, <laughs> I'm sure that they're describing cops as stoke because they do look kind of similar from on board so it's kind of forgivable especially yeah. if you're commentating and you're trying to sort of 
gather what's going on. But I think if you're commentating, you ought to be naming <laughs> and you're going to use the corner names, then you got to use the right names. Yeah, you'd you? think I so. mean, I don't claim to know, you know, every corner of every track's name, but I'm not a commentator. So yeah, do you also don't try to on national television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nor do I try on this podcast. So. No. <laughs> um, what are we thinking? Uh, Florence Pugh waving the checkered flag, uh, again, was one of those moments where, uh, not so much WTF, but more like do i even care like why do they care? there was a lot of celebrity business i did enjoy though when they did the shot of her at the beginning of the last lap and you could very clearly hear her mouth try that again to be very yeah you could very clearly see like something like what was it like they're so jeffing they're, fast or something like that yeah they're yeah. they're effing fast i think was what was yeah. said I mean, what could be more wtf than someone say using, using an, an actual effing. f yeah, <laughs> in a race. Oh, it, we, we're I, also completely glossing over the fact that there was just a pretend Formula One team on the grid so, for the whole thing. So my WTF kind of relates to that actually. But have you seen the actual statistics that were on their fake pit wall? Yes, that was where so the car crazy. was running with the with the water temps at like 110 degrees Celsius or something. It was basically yeah, the car was like... effectively boiling water. <laughs> Like many everybody other things said that, that the, like the garage they'd set up for the filming of this Brad Pitt film, like they'd gone to such lengths to make it look really legitimate. But then, yes, yeah, someone paid attention to one of the screens and all the numbers were just like wild. It's like this car yeah. appears to have used 180 litres of fuel on the last lap and like weird <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> it was, it it's was one of those things where like in Hollywood they... They, they they would have hired like a company that does only like screens because yeah. the, these companies are, yeah. so v, there's a VFX company that I actually know that someone who works at one of them who um, their entire pro, their entire job everything they do every job they do for every film is the graphics for the screens in in sci-fi films in in any film you can think of they're all, that their thing is to do like the interface design in all the screens and it's actually really cool. It's a cool job, but it does involve a lot of like random numbers, <laughs> and it and it kind of smacks of that, doesn't it? It's got that vibe yeah. of you know some some company has maybe done it without necessarily knowing all of the all of the details about what actually yeah. what it's, statistics and what measurements they're actually looking at. Yeah, it's someone that definitely uses Fahrenheit's and gallons on a regular basis and doesn't quite know how that converts to Celsius and liters, or just Maybe. not done the conversion and just left the old numbers in. Change the delimiter, not the delimiter, the, hmm. the the type, but not change the actual figures. I guess also the fact that the fake team there had a better livery than half the real crew. As well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As if you're going to be immortalized on film. Yeah, I guess good. so. Um, the yeah, so I don't recall seeing that car, those cars going around on the parade lap. Like there was, I read that they were meant to go around on the parade lap and peel not, off into the pits, but they did. Did they actually do that? I they? think they possibly did some of the laps to the grid, but they didn't do the formation lap. I think is maybe what happened in the end. Either way, they actually didn't show any of it on the world feed, as far as I saw. Um, yeah. Okay. But they're apparently going to be around for a few more races. This, this, this is the they, first one that they're attending, and they're going to be showing up at a few more. Yeah, yeah they did it uh, with, this week as well, I think. Yeah, they did it with some of the lower formulas, as far as I know. 
They did like little uh, little bits of filming in between live sessions, and then anything that they were trying to do with other cars on grid, I believe, was done with F two or something. Yeah, those those there will be cool. Able to yeah. Point it out. I think it's cool. I think that the fact that they're they're there and there's a big crowd in the grandstands and you know it's going to add some sort of authenticity to the film. It's going to make it a lot easier for the VFX people to to you know not have to put actual crowds in because yeah. they'll already be there. Um, yeah, I like it. I, 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 and and it did it did look like a Formula One car. I know it's an F two car that's been sort of rebody worked. Yeah, they've done like a good a job though. One car, but it does it looks legit. It looks really yeah. really cool. I think. Um, yeah. In the interest of bringing this meandering feature to a close, I'm going to say <laughs> my I'm, I'm going to pick Stroll getting opposing stewarding decisions at the same corner on the same lab. I agree. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Cool. FIA once more. Classic. Uh, as per usual. Right. With that, I'm going to move us on to predictions. So um, an okay week, I guess, for us, but... That's mainly because we both went double Verstappen. Um, Chris managed to pick up a third point for the number of finishes with 17, so well done to Chris. Um, however, in terms of listeners, which is what we care about the most, um, the there's a whole plethora of people with four out of five, so I'm just going to quickly run through some names who manage that in some form of combination. Uh, so there's IDK, Grayson Cessna, Paul Jensen, William Howdson, Rob Fletcher, Callum Outram, Shelby Centrefante, I hope I'm saying that right, and Eric Tullander all got four out of five. So well done to all of you. In terms of the overall... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Um, In terms of the overall standings, it's still Benjamin Claxton at the top with 24 points and then James Hunt and effortlessly tied in second on 23. So still very close there. Uh, our grid rival race winner this weekend was Raniel Ricardo with 1,171 points. Oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm reading it anyway. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and then effortlessly is still winning overall with uh, one th- no 10,167. And then over in the official F1 fantasy, we've got... Um, this is another good one for you, Chris, for your collection of puns. Great. Another nick in the wall. So um good. 262 points and then um i'm assuming the spinquisition is still winning overall but right now fantasy f1 is broken so i can't actually tell but it was do spinquisition last, do you reckon that team last year was called another mick in the wall and they've just i mean i hope it was their bad driver yeah i hope it is um, so if you want to get involved with any of that or see your own progress your own scores if you've been entering head to back of the grid.com there's links to race standings, overall standings. You can sign up and join in. Um, as we say, it's always worth doing because if you do manage five out of five on a race weekend, there is a prize. And um, yeah, there's links there to Grid Rival and the F1 fantasy stuff as well if you want to get involved with those. If you've already got teams, they can join and, and kind of carry on their points from where you're up to, I guess. Right, gentlemen, I'm going to quickly move us into Inbox. Um, shall I take the first one? Go for it. Yes. Um, so Wesley JP says, Hey man, McLaren and Williams show glimpses of being able to challenge the Red Bull without DRS. We've seen the floor. Do you think the engineers will be able to figure out 
what it is with the DRS that gives them that much more of an advantage? Good question. Yeah, so when it's a challenge where everybody's mm. talking about top end rather than over a lap, um, I assume. Um, I mean, DRS is a lot more visible a thing than the floor. Like, obviously, they got a good look at the floor in Monaco, but you can have a look at what's going on with the DRS of that car. Mm. The problem is any development at the rear of the car, you can't just replicate. Like, every other surface from the nose of that car has influenced the airflow before it gets that rear wing. So yeah. it's never just as simple as copy the thing. You've got to yeah, look you're at not gonna, everything you're not gonna copy else that's the, going on. You're not going to copy the rear wing and suddenly have an amazing DRS. That works. I think the way that their DRS is working is it's integrated with the diffuser. And yeah. somehow when they're opening the DRS, it's stalling another part of the aero of the car, which is giving them even less drag. Um, I believe that that's the consensus, isn't it? That's what people seem to think. Something along those lines. So to replicate that, you'd almost need to be able to see the air coming <laughs> off the back of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, unless you can get that car in a wind tunnel with some smoke around it, you're not seeing that. So it's going to be very, <laughs> very difficult for them to replicate. But, they, but the, you know, these are the smartest minds in the world. I'm sure if they put their minds to it, they'll be able to figure out their own ways of making their DRS more effective. Maybe all the flares yeah. at Zanvoort, actually, they'll get a good look at what's going on with the airflow. <laughs> Either that or the rain at Spa. <laughs> uh, shall we do the next one? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Mike P asks, Hey man, thoughts on James Bell's contribution as recently appointed team principal towards Williams' mid-season improvement? Um, sort of already touched on that. Um I don't know, my, my gut feeling would have been that it's too soon to really see someone in like a top position like that having an effect, but I don't know, from what we were discussing earlier, like maybe we are, maybe we are seeing someone who has come in from, obviously Mercedes is such a different setup. Like maybe there's things that are just so obvious to him there that yeah. people who've been within this, that same system for years just kind of... You know, couldn't see the wood for the trees, kind of thing. I think that's a lot. Of, that's a, you know, to to go back to it, that's kind of a big part of it. They, they do have a lot of old things that we've always done it this way in inverted commas. So, yeah. I think part of his challenge is bringing those people around. To, and I think this is where like the most immediate results are probably going to come for him as well is bringing those people around and showing them that you know the ways that they could be doing it that could be more effective, that could be better uses of their time, that then allows them to be more creative and be put more time into the things that actually make the cars go fast rather than the the silly you know many 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 steps that they've got to take to manufacture a product if you can get those those steps condensed down and get your time frames condensed down then that means every step of the design process gets quicker if you can yeah get you know parts designed in cfd and get them through the cfd simulators and then onto the wind tunnel faster then you know you're going to bring that develop that that's the very beginning stages of of designing the car parts if you can get that if you can speed that up and expedite it then you're going to get parts on the car quicker you're going to be developing the car faster and you you're going to see the results on track much sooner yeah absolutely 100 yeah. percent 
Um, Jose says, hey, buddies, I'm not trying to diminish the accomplishments of other teams who are developing their way into more competitive cars. But that being said, do you guys think that at this point, Red Bull are using lower engine settings and focusing on their reliability and the longevity of their power units? Have we seen Red Bull's full pace over recent races? And if not, will we see it again this season? I think we've seen flashes yeah. of their full pace, but I don't think they've at any point had to, during, you know, once they're out in the lead, I think they've been cruising myself. I think Verstappen's yeah. got such a good handle on that car and it works so well for him that, yeah, he does, he's at a point where he, he really doesn't need to be, you know, other than pushing for the fastest lap then he doesn't really need to be. I mean, you, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it during the races when when he says, I want to do the fastest lap, and then suddenly he goes two seconds faster. <laughs> yeah. Then it, that makes it kind of obvious, yeah. doesn't it? That They probably are. I mean, why wouldn't you? If, you? if you've got that much of a lead, then of course you're going to turn the engine down. Of course you're going to try and conserve components as much as you can yeah, and completely. only push when you really need to. Why take the risk otherwise? I think yeah. we've seen Agreed. their full pace in qualifying. I don't think there's any reason why they yeah. would hold off there. But from the start of the season, like the Red Bull has been, obviously it's still the fastest car over one lap, but it's not by a huge margin a lot of the time. Whereas, yeah, race pace, as you say, we've seen the odd glimpse. Like there was those few laps in Saudi Arabia when Max was chasing Checo or vice versa. And all of a sudden they were both suddenly doing laps like so much quicker than we They were seen. gone. Like, oh, yeah. that's what they could do if they wanted to. Yeah. But I think this is it. The fact that Perez isn't even close to competing with Verstappen means we might yeah. never see <laughs> through, <laughs> through the entire season. We might never see the true pace of this car. I mean, this is where, or again, we might not see it again because I think we did yeah. in Saudi when they were, like you yeah. said, when they were racing each other. But unless unless Perez can somehow, you know, overhaul this four race deficit of of points that he's got <laughs> and and try to start to begin to compete with Verstappen, then yeah, I think everything's going to be turned down on those cars. They're just going to get them to the end of the season. And even if they have retirements and penalties now for engine changes or from using too many components, they're still going to, Verstappen's more than capable of winning from the back of the grid anyway. So these penalties are not, if they do materialize, they're never going to make a difference to them. So, but yeah, I mean, the only, the only difference it does make is obviously cost. You know, it's, it's, we are in a budget cap era, so therefore, if you have to spend more money on power units, then that's less money you can spend developing your car. And every penny counts these days. You know, you want to be as reliable as possible. Yeah. So if they do have a reason for, a valid reason for running the engines not at full power when the, unless they absolutely have to, then I think that's the one, that's the reason. Yeah, totally agree. Um, who's next? Oh, it's me, I think. Um, Max says, do you think there's an alternative world where Piastri pitted after the safety car but didn't get overtaken by Lewis anyway? I'm not sure Piastri could have done it unless McLaren pitted him for softs, which is unlikely. I guess the question there is, could Piastri have put up the same defence that we saw from Norris for those few laps Mm. to hold Hamilton off? Hmm, it's a... I mean... First of all, Piastri absolutely deserved a podium yeah, this weekend. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Like he 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 drove in a mate, especially in a rookie season, 
to be that close to your teammate in qualifying and then to be on a similar place throughout the entire race, I think hats off to him. He did an amazing job. Um, I think, look, the way the way motor racing is, like, it doesn't matter what what sort of category you're racing in, things happen, you know, safety cars happen, yeah. yellow flags happen, incidents happen, and it doesn't always go your way. And unfortunately for 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 Oscar Piastri this weekend, it didn't quite go his way with the safety car and unlucky for him. But, you know, like further further down in the season, further on in the season, there's going to be times when it does go his way. And yeah. you never know, he might get a podium out of that one day. He's definitely going to win a race. There's no doubt he's got a race win in him. He's got, probably got a few race wins in him. So it's really just a case of wait and see there. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really into this world of what ifs, <laughs> ifs and buts kind of yeah. thing. I think. You know, and I think the truth is. is we don't know. Like we've not really seen Piastri in situations like that before. So at least not in F one. So we're not entirely sure what he's going to be capable of in that situation. But yeah, mm. I'm sure we'll see it sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, next question from Charlie Brigden. Hey man, unrelated to Silverstone, but Las Vegas has just unveiled its new two billion dollar megastructure sphere <sighs> thingy. It's the this biggest sphere so cool. on the planet and is a huge LED screen that can display anything and it's smack bang in the middle of the F1 track. What would you want to see displayed on the sphere during the Grand Prix? <laughs> oh, <laughs> risky. Um, oh, what would you put on it? I mean, the, I saw a video of it with a big NBA basketball yeah. on it today, which is pretty cool. I mean, it literally looks like just a giant... It looks like a moonrise, but it's a basketball. Yeah, it's because um, it's like it's kind of a half sphere, isn't it? When you see it from the road, it's like it's almost like it's sticking out from behind the buildings, and you've got kind yeah. of like a half sphere to it. Um, what would you put on it? The moon would be a sick thing to put on it. Just planets <laughs> is always an interesting one, but maybe not like planets from this solar system. Maybe like random <laughs> planets that they've made up. Um, I'm supposed to be creative. I'm supposed to be able to think of these kind of things on the fly. I'm doing a rubbish job. I can't. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I think that's just put constant replays of what Lance Stroll is doing on there, just the entire race. Yeah. Formula One helmet would be a cool one. Oh, to that's do. yeah, like actually, all that's the different yeah, helmets that's cool. would be rad. Yeah, that's really um, cool. Yeah, I'll come back on. Maybe I'll come back next week with some better <laughs> ideas. Sleep on it. <laughs> um, last one for this week. Uh, Alan Gardner says, "Am I imagining that when Mercedes looked like getting close to being dominant, the rules were being changed to disadvantage them?" I mean, it wasn't close. They they were dominant and have been for a few yeah. years at the point they started messing with rules. Um, there was certainly the the engine modes one that they brought in at one point to stop Mercedes just getting to Q3 and flicking a switch and going a second quicker Party than mode. anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that, I mean, that affects everyone as well, to be fair. Like... It was aimed at stopping them, but it affects like a team like Red Bull not being able to do that now. Yeah, um, it's, it's the equivalent yeah. of it's the, it's, it's the equivalent of say taking away DRS now because Red yeah. Bull have the best DRS. That's that's kind of like you know taking an option away from a team, taking taking a thing that can make a team go faster because this one team has this thing that can make them that is so much more effective than any other team's version of the same thing. We're going to take it away from them, and that's what it, that is what they did to Mercedes. Yeah. So, yeah, it das kind of is as well. the same as was similar to das, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, at least with Das, they were the only ones that had it, though. Whereas with yeah, true the other examples, you kind of you're taking things something away from the fastest team, yes, but you're also taking the option away from everybody else. Yeah. So yeah, it's obviously a roundabout way of like pointing to the potential talk about should something be done to slow Red Bull down, but like that that ship's already sailed anyway. Like, there's no point doing anything to slow Red Bull down at this point in the season. Like. The, the championships are already over, essentially. Like, I don't think you gain anything other than making the sport look kind of more artificial and upsetting Red Bull, which I don't think anything is really gained from that. Yeah, I think. Well, I think in the in the toxic world of Formula One fandom, I think upsetting exactly, Red yeah. Bull is is not a very good idea. Yeah. Yeah, but not upsetting Red Bull is also not a good idea to the other side of the toxic fandom. You can't yeah, win. Exactly. Yeah, no yeah. matter yeah, what happens, you, do, you can't win, upset. basically. Yeah. That's true. And it will always be that way, unfortunately. Um, but, that's but that not to say off. I'm not a Red that, I'm, That's not to say I'm not a Red Bull fan. I am actually legit a Red I'm a huge... I'm obviously a huge Red Bull fan. <laughs> I love seeing Max Verstappen win every weekend. Like, this weekend, I was absolutely ecstatic over the moon. We've seen him yet win yet another <laughs> race. Um, yeah, so long may this continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, even dealing with the comments this week after that. <laughs> you can deal with them yourself. <laughs> I might edit that bit out. <laughs> uh, that rounds us off for this week. Um, so thanks to everyone who has joined us live. Um, if you'd like your opportunity to do that, uh, head over to uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash back of the grid, where there's details of how to get involved. Um, basically gets you access to our Discord and our live streams uh, from a video format as well. Um, if you are looking to check out the video, maybe you've not done it yet, head over to YouTube. We're now on there. So if you've been listening to this on audio format for so long that you'd love to see what our faces look like, YouTube is the place to do that. And if you are already here via YouTube, please remember, like, subscribe, bell icon all leave that jazz and yeah leave the comments and i'll argue with you it's fine <laughs> but that is we'll it try, for this we'll week we'll try everyone. not to argue we'll try to be constructive <laughs> yeah let's, let's, keep, let's keep things civil in the comments yeah, it's always bad this is that you know what genuinely that is actually quite important because like at the discord group that we have and everything about this podcast is kind of about like everyone being nice to each other and it being a safe space for us all to talk about formula one and not Agreed. sort of worry yeah. too much about like what other people think yes everyone has different opinions but we're res- on back of the grid and in the back of the grid discord and hopefully in the comment section we're respectful of each other and we we treat each other like human beings with opinions with real lives so yeah we need to stick to that please in the comments thank you yes and if you would like to get away from what is Twitter right now, um, we should have a thread account by the time this goes out. So follow us there too. That's new. That's what everyone's doing now. Come yes. there to avoid the cesspit the that hotness. Twitter has become. Until threads just becomes like all the rest. But for that small window of time when it's not, let's let's go enjoy We'll it. be there. Let's go enjoy <laughs> <laughs> On that note, it's time to say goodbye, everyone. So bye, everyone. Bye, okay, everyone. Okay, bye.